And a very good Tuesday morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Joe Beningo back with you again, the O the Pain podcast. It's Tuesday. It's January 30th. It's 2024. And the Joe Beningo the Pain podcast brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company. I needed discount tire. And, of course, our friends at DraftKings. Before we do anything, I want to thank everybody that showed up Friday night for the latest pod, live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Great job by John Jastrzemski, my buddy JJ. And everybody that showed up, terrific night, no doubt about it. And again, we thank everybody, Mike Jones, TJ, everybody over there. We thank them so much. Uh, my son-in-law, Andre, everybody uh, that did a great job in getting it off the ground on uh, Friday night. So we'll let you know when the next one will be, probably sometime in the spring, probably right, be- right before the baseball season starts. So, But we will let you know when that all goes down. Now. Also, we're doing this on Tuesday. Yesterday, you know, I haven't been feeling great, and yesterday I did not feel great again. Um, I have a, a medical procedure actually going down tomorrow afternoon or at noon tomorrow. You know, by the time they take me in, it'll be about one twenty-five. But whatever. So uh, never. And I'll be ornery because I can't eat anything after midnight tonight. So. You know, that'll be great. At least I could drink something up till 7 o'clock so in the morning. So that's good. But at least I could have a little coffee. So anyway, so that's one of the reasons we didn't do it yesterday. I really haven't been on top of my game. You know, even the great ones have their moments. Not that I'm one of the great ones, but even they have it. So you know, that's the story with all of that. All right, we'll start with the uh, conference championship games. Really, two really great games. I mean, you had to be happy uh, with the two games. And as I look, and of course, the Super Bowl is set now, Super Bowl 58, the Chiefs and the 49ers, a rematch uh, from the end of the 2019 season when the Chiefs beat the Niners uh, in that Super Bowl game. So we got a rematch of that. Should be great right now to line. For reasons known only to the people in Vegas, the Raiders, the Raiders, <laughs> hello. That's because I'm thinking Raiders in Vegas. The um uh, the uh, Niners are a point and a half favorite over the Chiefs, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, the Chiefs have been playing with a chip on their shoulder throughout the playoffs, as we've seen. But I'm going to start with this. To me, there were two big losers on Sunday. Number one was Lamar Jackson. And, let, and let's be honest about this with Lamar, and I've said this for a long time. Lamar Jackson, great quarterback. He's on his way to the second MVP award and all that. But He's a little bit overrated. I mean, let's under, let's let's realize that. This guy has not and still, you know, has not and has not showed that he can win the big game. I mean, let's be honest. I think his record now in the playoffs is I think it's 2 and 4, something like that. He was 1 and 3 coming in, now it's 2 and 4. He loses the conference championship game at home to Kansas City and he didn't play well. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He had a big strip sack fumble. Um that the Chiefs recovered. They didn't get any points out of that. But nevertheless, he threw a big interception in the end zone. Uh, I guess it was early in the fourth quarter when he threw the ball into triple coverage. I didn't even see a Raven receiver anywhere near him there. And let's be honest about it. Steve Spagnola, who is really now, I mean, when you think about the great defensive coordinators of all time, a couple guys immediately come to mind. Belichick, who was you know, when he's with the Giants was unbelievable. And Buddy Ryan as well, when he was with the Bears, you know, two of the great defensive coordinators ever put Steve Spagnola right in that same category. Because what a job he did 
against Lamar Jackson. The Chiefs had constant pressure on him. Uh, they did not let him get out of the pocket to run. I think he ran for like 55 yards or something like that in the game. A very nondescript, may I add, 55 yards for Lamar Jackson. And that's his game. And I've said this repeatedly. Lamar Jackson is a runner. That's what he is. He's a dynamic runner. No doubt about that. And if you let him get out of the pocket to run the ball, he's going to kill you. And we saw that in the game against Houston a week before in the uh, wild card in the divisional round. We saw that against the Texans. And you saw Lamar. He ran for 100 yards in that game. And they wound up blowing out Houston 34-10. to 10. Not this week. They, they blitzed at him constantly. Constantly five and six guys coming at him. They pretty much kept him in the pocket. They sacked him a number of times. And there was even a number of other times when they got to him. And Jackson was able to get rid of the football and avoid the sack. I thought Steve Spagnola, what he has done with that chief defense this year is nothing short of phenomenal. And that has really become, look, obviously Patrick Mahomes, you know, I mean, look, he's one of the greats of all time. It is no doubt about it. You know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to play another game in his career, and he's already a first ballot shoe-in, walk-in Hall of Famer. But with the job that Spagnola has done with that chief defense is nothing short of fabulous, really. And, I mean, they have come at him. They came at him in waves. They didn't have Willie Gay in this game, maybe their best linebacker. Uh, You can't say enough about the game they had. Chris Jones, uh, Carl Loftus, these guys, they they were after Lamar the whole game. And to me, that was the key to the game. Because this game turned out to be, it looked like early on it was going to be this high-scoring, crazy affair. Uh, You know, the Chiefs went right down the field and scored the first uh, time they had the ball as the Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey, who had a monster game on Sunday. 11 catches, 102 yards, a touchdown, or it might have been more than that. I think he had 116 yards. What a phenomenal game he had. And he hasn't had a great year. I think he's been a little too, you know, involved in the, uh, as I say, poisse, poisse, a little bit. (laughs) And I think that's taken some of the focus off of him while he was freaking focused on Sunday. And maybe he had a big game, too, the week before. When the uh, uh, Chiefs beat Buffalo, he caught a couple touchdown passes in that game as well. So Travis Kelsey looks very poised and ready to have a very big game in the Super Bowl as well. He was great. Look, Mahomes, you can't say enough about him, but give the Raven defense credit because they shut them down in the second half. The Chiefs had a 17-7 lead at halftime, didn't score in the second half at all, and this game turned into a defensive struggle, and both teams – We're all over the opposing quarterback. We talked already about the Chiefs getting after Lamar, and the Ravens did the same thing. I mean, they were all over Mahomes in this game, putting pressure on him constantly. Uh, And so, you know, give them credit for that as well. But the bottom line on this game, I I really think, and and of course there were mistakes, a lot of mistakes by Baltimore in this game. I mentioned the uh, three turnovers. Obviously the biggest play in the game was the Zay Flowers fumble as he was going in for the touchdown early in the fourth quarter uh, on a that would have made the game 17-14 at that time. And, of course, Ladarius Sneed, who is one of the most underrated cornerbacks in football, knocking the ball out of uh, uh, Flowers' hands just as he's getting ready to cross the goal line. McDuffie recovered it in the end zone for a touchback, probably the biggest play of the game. And so that was one of the big things in this game, the mistakes by Baltimore. The two turnovers by Lamar, 
the big fumble on the goal line by Flowers. And the other thing, all the personal fouls that the Ravens had in this game. They had like five personal fouls in this game. I thought I was watching a Jets play. Five personal fouls. Two roughing the passes in this game. They could have had another one on that one where it looked like Mahomes got his legs bent back and they hit him low, and I didn't understand why that wasn't a uh, roughing the passer. But, you know, it wasn't. Whatever. But nevertheless, uh, that terrible play, that terrible rough um, taunting penalty on Flowers after he caught that big bomb down the field from Lamar about 50-something yards, and then Flowers gets up, and Lesneed is on the ground, and he's basically throwing a ball at him and taunting him. And it cost him 15 yards, and then Sneed wound up getting the last laugh when he knocked the ball out of Flowers' hands going into the end zone a couple plays after that. You had that one play where it looked like late in the game where the Ravens were jumping offside on purpose, and I forget who it was. It might have been Patrick Queen. It was either Raekwon Smith or Patrick Queen who jumped offside, and instead of just you know tapping the guy, they basically headbutts him for a 15-yard penalty. Really? So, you know, talk about whatever you want and give tremendous credit, as I said, especially to Spagnola and that chief defense for the job they did on Jackson. But a lot, I mean, just a lot of self-inflicted wounds in this game by the Ravens. It was not a good day for John Harbaugh. Uh, John Harbaugh, Harbaugh. Now, he didn't have as bad a day as Dan Campbell did uh, with the Lions, but not a good day at all for John Harbaugh. And uh, the Ravens, who were the number one seed, 14-3 and three on the year, Blowing, or I guess it was 13 and four, not 14 and three. They were blowing everybody out, right? They blew all these big time playoff teams out. And then with the money on the line, the Chiefs again showed you why they are the defending world champions and why they're on their way to their fourth Super Bowl in the last five years. I mean, you really just can't say enough about how good they are. You know, it's funny. We never, we always talked about, well, in the age of free agency, we're never going to have that, you know, that dynasty again, you know, like we had with the Packers, like we had with the Steelers, you know, like we had with the 49ers, you know, we're never going to have that big time dynasty like we had with the Cowboys in the early 90s. You're never going to see that again because of the free agency. Well, Belichick certainly put that <laughs> to rest, you know, taking the Patriots to nine Super Bowls and winning six, uh, you know, in the 2000s, and now the Chiefs have picked that right up on their way to their fourth fourth Super Bowl, as I said, in five years and looking for their third world championship in that span. So I guess uh, that's been put to rest. And I guess really what it says is if you have the right quarterback, like the uh, Patriots had with Brady and now the Chiefs have with Mahomes, it doesn't matter about the free agency. (laughs) But anyway, give the Chiefs credit. And the fact that they are a point and a half underdog to me is mind-boggling. I mean, no other way to say it. I I don't see how that's possible whatsoever. I like him in the game against San Francisco. But uh, that was a great game. The Chiefs win it 17-10. to And look, Lamar Jackson, the questions are only magnified. Can, as good as he is, can he win the big game? And can he beat you when you shut him down from running the football? And we saw again that uh, he could not on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. And what a great job their defense did. Give all the credit in the world to their defense, to Spagnola, Andy Reid, everybody, Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, 
And the Chiefs now on their way to Super Bowl 58 to try to be the first team since the Patriots in 03 and 04 to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Now, as far as the NFC is concerned, what a game that was. The bottom line, you know, we said Lamar, one of that two people really, really, really had bad days. You know, uh, they were the two big losers Sunday. Lamar Jackson, one of them. The other guy was Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions. And I understand that all year long, Campbell lived by the sword. He went for the fourth downs all year, and he was making them all year. All year. But it came back to bite him in the biggest game of the year. The Lions had a 24-7 lead in this game. At halftime, it looked like they were blowing San Francisco out. You know, Goff was doing everything. They were running the football with Montgomery, with Gibbs. They were killing them, killing the Niners. The Niners started the second half with a field goal on their opening drive that made it 24-10. to And then came the turning point of the game. The Lions have the ball. They're driving again. They got a fourth and two on about, I don't know, the 25-yard line, somewhere around there on about the 9 or 25. And instead of kicking a a very makeable field goal there, which would have put the Lions up by 17 again, Campbell decides to go for it. And on the pass from Goff to Gibbs, uh, not Gibbs, to Reynolds, he drops the ball. A huge stop by San Francisco, and that turned the whole game around. The next series... The Niners hit that crazy play, and this was really maybe the play of the game. Brock Purdy, who had a tremendous game. I mean, throwing the ball, running the ball out of the pocket, throws a bomb down the field to Brandon Ayuk. The the Lion defensive back, Valdor, makes a great play on it, tips the ball up in the air. Somehow, some way, Ayuk concentrates and catches the ball on the Lion three-yard line. And that was... that was probably the biggest play of the game. Immediately right thereafter, uh, Purdy with a touchdown pass to Wyuk makes a 24-17. On the ensuing possession, Detroit has the ball again, and Gibbs, who didn't fumble all year, fumbles. The Niners recover it, and immediately they're in the end zone again. Christian McCaffrey scores his second touchdown of the day to tie the game at 24-24. Now... The Niners will eventually take the lead again at 27-24, and here came the second major mistake by Dan Campbell. Again, down three, the Lions have the ball in San Francisco territory, again, in very makeable field goal range, about a 40-something-yard field goal, which would tie the game. Campbell goes for it. And look, the first time he did it, maybe you could say, okay, I kind of understand it. You know, you want to really put the hammer down. You're up two touchdowns. Now you're down a field goal. You got to kick the field goal there and tie the game. I mean, you got to. Campbell decides to go for it. They don't even come close. Goff is flushed out of the pocket and throws an incompletion, not even close to St. Brown. And the Niners take over and wind up scoring again to go up 34-24 and really put the game away. But the Lions get the ball back. They drive. And here's another mistake by Campbell. So we got about a minute, maybe there's a minute and 10 seconds, something like that to go. The Lions have a third and goal on like the two-yard line, right? Down 10. But they got all their timeouts left. What does Campbell do? And I couldn't believe he did this. 
Because even at the very least, <clears throat> you could kick a field goal. You're only down seven. You're still only down a score. And then you could kick the ball deep, right? Because you still have all three timeouts. And your chances are pretty good you're going to get the ball back. So third down and goal now from like maybe the two-yard line. Campbell runs with Montgomery. The Niners stop him. And now he's got to use one of his three timeouts. And that was monstrous in this game. Because that changed the whole dynamic. Even though the nine, even though the Lions score on the next play to make it 34-31. And by the way, a lot of people are very happy about that because it covered the number. Remember, remember the Niners were a seven-point favorite in this game. So it wound up covering the number at 34-31. But now the Lions have to try an onside kick instead of kicking the ball deep because they only got two timeouts left. They don't get the onside kick, and that's it. San Francisco survives and heads to the Super Bowl with that 34-31 victory. So the two big losers on Sunday, number one, Lamar Jackson, number two, Dan Campbell. And if you heard his post-game press conference, I mean, look, it, it, it was on him. I mean, you know, if you're a Lion fan today, and look, Campbell's done a tremendous job in Detroit. I mean, let's let's be honest about it. But if you're a Lion fan today, you're not happy with your head coach. He learned a very, very valuable lesson. And I think I forget who wrote it. Maybe it was Mike Vaccaro. Um, I think it probably I think it was Mark Canizaro actually in the post. You know, it's one thing to be going for a fourth down like that when you're playing Arizona in week seven. It's another thing to be going for these fourth downs when you're playing the 49ers for the Super Bowl. So uh and look, uh what else can you say? A bad day for Dan Campbell. He learned a valuable lesson. And the Detroit Lions now remain uh, as one of the only four teams in history in the NFL that have never been to a Super Bowl, the Niners, the Cleveland Browns, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans. That's it. Those four teams that have never been there. And, of course, uh, if you're a Lion fan, if I was a Lion fan, I'm still reeling right now. I'm still reeling on how they blew that game to San Francisco. So I feel bad for the people in Detroit. They've been waiting a long, long, even longer than we have here with the Jets, a long, long, long time. And that is, that's a loss that will haunt you for years, especially if they don't get back there again. And I think this team's pretty good. They're going to be a team to be reckoned with. I like Campbell as a coach, but you never know. And even Campbell said it. He said it to his team. He said, we may never be back here again. And it's true. That's terrible. (laughs) Well, that's true. I mean, you know, you never know. You know, look, look at our team, man. I mean, you don't know. You don't know. Who knew when I was 15 years old that I wouldn't be seeing another one, okay? And I'm 70 years old. I feel very bad for the Lion fans. I feel bad for the Lion fans. I definitely do. The hardcore Lion fan has waited a long time, and they had the game right in their hands. Let's be honest. They had this game right there, and they wound up losing. So I feel bad for them. But yeah. we should have a great Super Bowl Give me the Chiefs, man. It's hard to bet against Kansas City. It's hard to bet against Andy Reid and 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 Patrick Mahomes and Steve Spagnola and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. I'll put my money on them. All right. I was almost going to say, what? And, and they're the underdog. And they're the underdog. And they have been. They were the underdog against Buffalo. They were the underdog against Baltimore. And they're the underdog against, against San Francisco. And all you're doing is putting that big, big chip on the shoulder of Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Throughout the whole locker room. Who said it? Right. And who said it? One of the people in the front office in Kansas City said it. 
He said, look, not that Patrick Mahomes need any needs any motivation at all, but you really don't want to poke the bear. <laughs> that's what he said. And that's what you're doing when you when you're, you know, you're giving Mahomes even more motivation to go out there and stick it up your ass. So let's get our sponsors in here. Again, I want to thank uh Mike Jones and all our friends at the Hackensack Brewing Company. What a great night we had again. Tremendous turnout. All the boys were there. Everybody, even Joey T. Uh, it was good to see Joey T. Uh, take time out from his extremely busy social life uh, to make an appearance at the Hackensack Brewing Company on Friday. And Kenny Scarabaggio as well, one of the greats. It was good to see Kenny, who his New Year's resolution, and he's keeping to this, is to get out more. And it's good to see... It's good to see Kenny starting to, you know, get out and about a little more. So it was good to see him there. It was good to see Tommy Keenan there, Mike Flegelman, all these guys that were there, right? All the boys that were there. Joey in Yonkers. Joey shows up with his Super Bowl box boxes, <laughs> right? He made a lot of money, I guess, that night. Uh, all the guys, all my friends that show up all the time, and uh, we can't thank them enough. Great job by J- Mike Jones, by TJ, by Andre, and everybody. And we will let you know when the uh, next live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company will be. And you know the deal, located 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in beautiful, beautiful Who Needs a House out in Hackensack, New Jersey. I say that with tongue-in-cheek. Tap rooms open 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Come check it out. Uh uh, Mike Jones, TJ, everybody over there, Andre as well. Now, uh, the uh, Anita Discount Tire, go see my son Johnny. Go see his boss, Harry. They'll take care of you. You need work done on your car. You need uh, uh, your car inspected. You need tires, whatever you need. Go see them on Westwood Avenue in Rivervale, New Jersey. Um, the outstanding job they do, Anita Discount Tire. And, of course, DraftKings, you want to bet on anything, you want to bet on the Super Bowl, all the different prop bets you're going to have in a couple weeks, all of that. You want to bet the NBA, the NHL, the All-Star break right now. So it seems like it lasts forever in the NHL. You know, they really shouldn't have these games, but I guess, whatever. And then they got the, um, you can bet on the college basketball, whatever you want to bet on. Women's college basketball, whatever you want to bet on. DraftKings is the way to go. And we thank them again for uh, all the help they have given us over the years. All right. Beningo, the Oda Payne podcast. How about the Knicks? I mean, I mean, you talk on on the unbelievable what the Knickerbockers are doing. I mean, this is the best team they've had since the Ewing years. They're thirty and seventeen right now. They've won seven straight games. They're twelve and two since they made the OGN and Obi trade, and a trade I didn't love. I mean, I didn't love trading R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. And how great has that trade worked out? Now, the caveat, the injury on Saturday to Julius Randle. He went down, he hurt his shoulder, separated his shoulder. The good news, and my wife's cringing with that, the good news, it doesn't look like he needs surgery. So, uh, and they were able, they played last night against Charlotte. They blew him out. I mean, they're blowing, they're blowing everybody out right now. They blew out the Nuggets last week. They blew out Miami the other day. They blew out Charlotte last night. Without Randall and without Ananobi, who didn't play last night either, Jalen Brunson had his usual, you know, uh, you know, ho hum thirty-one point night. 
Dante DiVincenzo, my favorite Nick, for obvious reasons. He's got he's got my one of my cat's names, and he's Italian. Hasn't been a lot of Italians over the years on the Knicks, I'll tell you that. Dante DiVincenzo had a monster game, scored 28 points. I mean, right now, you got to love. You know, Precious and Few, as I call him, Precious Achua, had a big game. That was a song by, by uh, Climax, Precious and Few, if you know it. Precious and few are the moments we two can share. Terrible song. What? Not the Climax Blues Band. Blues Band. Climax. Climax Blues Band and Climax are different. Okay? In fact, the lead singer of Climax, okay, was also the lead singer of um, The Outsiders, Time Won't Let Me. Same guy. Sonny Geraci was the guy's name. Italian guy. Sonny Geraci, lead singer of The Outsiders, Time Won't Let Me, and he's the guy that sings uh, Precious and Few by the Climax, by Climax, not the Climax Blues Band. Climax Blues Band is, um, what, what's that, what's a couple of songs again? A couple different, so I can't think of the songs now, but um, well, I'll figure it out. But they're two different, they're two different groups, no doubt about it. Anyway, Precious Achua had a big game last night. Um, hey, look. You're a Nick fan right now. You're loving it. I mean, this team is good. Now, you need Randall back. If they're going to make a big run in the playoffs and, dare I say, somehow win a championship, I don't know if they're at that level yet, but they need Julius Randall. But last night, tremendous job. Like I said, Brunson doing his thing, DiVincenzo, Achua, everybody, uh, you know, playing a, a big game last night to beat Charlotte. They've won seven straight. Uh, they're 12-2 and two since the Ananobi trade. And they did it last night without Randall and Ananobi. And tonight, they will play the Utah Jazz at the Garden. They'll try to make it eight in a row, and they'll try to make it 13-2 and two since the trade. Utah played last night against the Nets and got killed by Brooklyn. And how about this? Wait, wait, hold on. You remember when Marv said when the New York Rangers finally won the Stanley Cup in 1994, something most people felt they'd never see in their lifetime, right? which will also be said someday when the Jets win the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I won't be with you when that happens, but nevertheless. Well, last night we saw something most people felt they would never see in their lifetime, the return of Ben Simmons to the Nets. And he actually had a good game. He almost had a triple-double last night. How about that? Ben Simmons actually playing basketball, not sitting on the sideline making $100 million a year in the crazy outfit. What a concept. Hello. Boy, my part, my ex-partner, uh, uh, Evan Roberts, has got to be delirious. They blew out Utah. Uh, you know, big game for Mikhail Bridges. Is there any way that we can get Mikhail Bridges to the Knicks so we can complete the Villanova, the Villanova group there? We got everybody else, right? We got Brunson. We got DiVincenzo. We got Josh Hart. We even have Ryan Archidonacano, right? The one guy, I hope I said his name right. <laughs> The, the one guy we don't have is Bridges. Now, my wife's bringing something over here to show me. Now, here we go. Let's see what this is. What is it? I don't, I don't know. Simmons. Oh, no, that's right. The, the name of the song, but that's right. Kept on looking for a sign in the middle of the night, but I couldn't get it right. That's the climax. Oh, that's... What else you got there? There's another one. Oldest song. Yeah, here they are. Um, let's see. That's the only one I really know. Shake your yeah, I don't know these other ones. But that's the one song. Couldn't get it right. Climax Blues Man. Not to be confused with Climax for those who really care. And most people don't. I mean, let's be honest about it. I mean, you know, 
It is what it is. And I apologize for the attempt at singing, but, you know, just trying to give you a little history lesson on music. You know me, I'm, you know, I know nothing about music now, but if you, if you want, you want to talk 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, a little into the 90s, I can help you there. There's no doubt about it. But nevertheless, don't confuse the Climax Blues Band with Climax. All right? <laughs> Try not to do that. All right. But getting back to the Knicks, I mean, is there any way we could get Mikhail Bridges to the Knicks to complete? I mean, the Nets would never trade Bridges to the Knicks. I don't know what his contract is. Is he free agent at the end of the year? If he is, the Knicks should try to get him because then all we need now is uh, would be Jay Wright coaching the team. But we don't need him because Thibodeau's done a great job. Tom Thibodeau is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He has done a tremendous job with this team. 30 and 17, seven straight wins. 12 and 2 since the Ananobi trade. You got to be delirious. I think it's actually 13 and 2 now. You got to be delirious if you're a Knicks fan. Don't you do? And let's hope Julius Randle's okay. And because uh, they need him going forward, he's had a tremendous, tremendous year. All right. Everybody, I hope you uh, enjoy the week. I'm sorry that we're a day late on this, but like I said, I have not been 100%. You know, I'm probably in the 74% range. And like I said, I got to go for this medical procedure tomorrow. Uh, not nothing, not not a biggie, but you know, I do have to do it. I have some issues uh, that need to be addressed. So uh, we'll be back on Friday. Uh, everybody, try to hang in there because we have no football. Sunday will be the first time since early September that we have not had football on Sunday. That is a depressing thought especially when you live up here in the Northeast where the weather is brutal and you can't play golf, right? Uh, the pain. Yeah. All right, everybody. Have a great week. Uh, God bless everyone. God bless America. God knows we need it. And all the love.